There. So continuing in um, verse 28, verse 20, standing firm in spirit with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightening anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction. You're standing firm. Mm -hmm. But of your salvation and that from God, for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. This is a God-empowered call for all of us to come together in unity as one, to stand firm in one spirit, with one mind striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, not being frightened by our opponents. The call to be saved and the call to suffer for the sake of Christ. This is this is the beginnings of walking in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. This is the beginnings of it. So at the end of the year, I want us to think about this. What happened in 2012 that would fit into these, these ways? Uh, have we as a church stood firm in one spirit? Or is there opportunity for more growth in standing firm in one spirit? Have we strived side by side for the faith of the gospel? Have we done that? Is that real among us? Have we been frightened by our opponents, or have we not been frightened? What opponents have we faced this year as together? Individually, we faced opponents, and, and I would like to think that when any one of us faces an opponent, we all face that opponent with them. Okay? So maybe this is a plan for next year. You know, as, if any one of us faces an opponent, let's face that opponent together. Has anybody been encouraged in Christ this past year? Has anybody been comforted by the love of God or by the love of the body of Christ? Have we fellowshiped with the, in the Spirit with God and with others? Have we received affection and sympathy? You know, th these are these are sort of the things that got that Paul has written for the Philippians and said. <coughs> Walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. And by the way, think about these things. And then in chapter 2, Paul begins to dig a little deeper. And what I want to look at these is that, um, you know, he's, 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 he's outlining some of the benefits that the gospel brings as it works its way into us. Um, as the gospel brings us and, and delivers faith into our heart and that faith becomes more alive, there are things that accompany that faith, the, these benefits and these blessings of God. And, um, and these things are intended to unite us. And so I want to call these four things as foundation stones to unity in the body of Christ. Four foundation stones to unity in the body of Christ. And we find them right here. Philippians 2, verse 1 and 2. So, if there, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, those four things. 
encouragement in Christ, comfort from His love, participation in the Spirit, affection and sympathy. Verse 2, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. In other words, he's describing unity. Don't you think? Mm -hmm. Same mind, same love, full accord and of one mind. Isn't he describing unity? And so the gospel is intended to break down the barriers between us and bring us together as one body, as many members of one body. That's what the gospel does. It tears down barriers between nations, doesn't it? You mm -hmm. see them when, when people are saved. You're going to see this all around the world. Back in Singapore, you're going to see what the gospel does to tear down barriers and bring unity. And you'll notice that each of these phrases in verse 1 is introduced by the phrase any, which is a suggestive way to say that these things really are true of every believer. You know, if there's any comfort, well, yeah, there's, there's some comfort. If there's any sympathy, well, yeah, there's some. So what he's saying is that these things are true of every born-again believer. And if those things are true, and these, so these conditions are real, then it must, there must be actual results from that as well. And for Paul to see the results of the gospel working in people's lives completes his joy. You know, for, for Paul to have joy is to see the fruit of the gospel working in your lives and bringing unity where there wasn't unity before. So I want to look at these four foundation stones that show that we are walking in a manner worthy of the gospel. The first one is encouragement in Christ. And it's in Christ. I think, the, to me right now in my season of life, the, the stress is not on the encouragement. The stress is on the in Christ. What does that mean? So I, I found this, um, this thing from um, Charles Spurgeon. And he speaks of this by starting with the Holy Spirit. Since the Holy Spirit is revealed to us as the comforter. It is the Spirit's business to console and cheer the hearts of God's people. <clears throat> yes, he does convince of sin. He does illuminate and instruct. But still, the main part of his business lies in making glad the hearts of the renewed, in confirming the weak, and lifting up all those who are bowed down. Whatever the Holy Ghost may not be, he is forevermore the comforter to the church. And this is the age of the Holy Spirit in which Christ cheers us not by his personal presence, as he will do in the future, but by the indwelling and constant abiding of the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. Now mark you, says Spurgeon, as the Holy... Whoops. As the Holy Spirit is the Comforter, Christ is the Comfort. Christ is the Comfort. The Holy Spirit consoles, but Christ is the Consolation. Mm -hmm. If I may use the figure of speech, the Holy Spirit is the physician, but Christ is the medicine. Does that make sense? You know what he's saying? He heals the wound, but is applying the ointment of Christ's name and grace. He does not, he takes not of his own things, but the things of Christ. We are not consoled day to day by new revelations, but by the old revelation explained, enforced, and lit up with a new splendor by the presence and power of the Holy Ghost, the Comforter. 
If we give to the Holy Spirit the Greek name of paraclete, as we sometimes do, then our heart confers on our blessed Lord Jesus the title of the paraclesis. If one be the comforter, the other be the comfort. We've all heard Holy Spirit is the comforter. But what does he bring us that brings us comfort? He brings us Christ. Christ is the comfort. Colossians 2, 1-3 through says, For I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those that lay to see it, and for all who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the fullness, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding, and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So in Christ is this are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Him, and they're they're found in Christ, and the Holy Spirit applies Christ to our life. That is the encouragement. I mean, think, think. What would be the most encouraging thing for you? And what He's saying is that that we know Christ, that we belong to Him. He cares for us. We are in Christ. That's the first foundation stone. The second one, comfort from his love. This word for comfort really literally describes speaking closely to someone. The idea is to come very close. And I I thought about this. It's, It's like breaking into their personal space. You know, we all have this shield around us this personal space limit where if you come inside there you know you're that's a little close that's what he's talking about it's exactly what he's talking about you break into their personal world and you become with them to experience what they experience that's what the, that's what he's saying that this comfort is uh, to come and show concern and provide care to assist in any time of need or defeat God shows his love mainly in two ways. First, from the presence of Jesus himself, as we just talked about. And this verse, Romans 5, 5, helps us to see it. The love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. It's the love of God that's been poured upon us. And the second way is through those whom Jesus loves, who also loves us. Jesus loves Bill Etheridge, and Bill Etheridge loves us. And we receive the comfort of God by knowing that Bill loves us. And every, I can say that about every one. You know, we receive God's comfort by knowing that Tia loves us. Isn't that, isn't that neat? Mm-hmm. Think about it. The fact that Christ loves us moves us to love one another. I mean, if Jesus loves your neighbor, then how could you not love your neighbor? Jesus gave his life for Julie. How can I not love her? Uh, shouldn't we love those whom Jesus loves? Shouldn't we love them? The fact that God loved me as unlovely as I was ought to move me to love the brothers. And so the second foundation stone is this comfort that we receive from being loved by God and by love by one another. This is walking in unity. This is walking in a manner worthy of the gospel. 
that breaks down barriers and divisions, sets them aside. The third foundation stone, fellowship of the Spirit. The fellowship of the Spirit. Ah, I wish we could understand this. The word means to share the Spirit. And this is word koinonia. It means an intimate partnership, a common life or joint participation with active mutual common interests. The fact that the Holy Spirit would have a common interest within me, an active participation within me, is fellowship with the Spirit. Is it anything that I bring to the table here? Or is it what God brings to the table here that allow? I mean, he's imputed righteousness upon among me, within me, so that the Holy Spirit can then fellowship with me. Some of the songs we sang this morning, Jason, helped me understand this. Fellowship of the Spirit is brought to reality by the Holy Spirit. Whoops. Hang on. This is unusual. Fellowship. <laughs> well, I keep scrolling up on me. This fellowship of the Spirit is brought to reality by the Holy Spirit working within us. Those who walk near to God know this fellowship. They know that they are always accompanied by God. That they are, are never for one mo- moment completely by themselves. They can never enter a room with the consciousness of it being completely vacant. You know, they can never travel in an empty car with a sense of isolation and solitude. There is always the fellowship of the Spirit. Getting on an airplane, crossing, I always think when I cross over from the jet bridge to the plane, there's a little gap. And every time, probably for the last 30 years, whenever my foot goes over that gap, I'm saying, God, I'm in your hand. <laughs> Thank you for physics. That holds those wings up. There's that one little gap. It just reminds me to pray every time I step over the gap. Um, but it's this whole thing that there, there's always the fellowship of the Spirit. Where can you go that God is not there? What one believer knows of this fellowship, every one of us can know. Every Christian is conscious of this holy presence who makes evident to us the same Jesus Christ. The different worlds of our lives are all illuminated by the same sun. And in proportion to our yielding to the Spirit, we enjoy fellowship and the presence of God within us. And just as importantly, with each other. Again, this unity together is the goal of walking in a manner worthy of the gospel, one of those goals, important goals. So Paul reminds us that fellowship of the Holy Spirit is a blessed reality not merely a beautiful idea. And he's telling, this is reality. If you have any fellowship with the Spirit. Any. If you have any fellowship with the Spirit. (coughs) Yes, thank you, Jesus. The fourth foundation stone, affection and compassion. Now, if I was thinking about what are the four foundation stones of unity, would... Affection and compassion be on your list? How important those things are. This is why sarcasm really hurts people. Because sarcasm, what does it do with affection and sympathy? It throws it in the trash. And so we have to be really careful with how we are with, with our, our figures of speech because they, are, they can be very hurtful. 
Um, but the fourth one. Affection and compassion are qualities which come from God and are expressed in our conduct toward each other. They are closely associated with love, a quality of life found in all true believers. The word for compassion refers to that deep internal caring comparable to the modern expressions of being brokenhearted <coughs> or gut-wrenching. We've heard those terms. And the Greek is splagchon. It's the strongest Greek word for expressing compassionate love or tender mercy, and it involves one's entire being. It describes the compassion which moves a man to the deepest depths of, of his being. In the Gospels, apart from its use in some of the parables, it is only used to describe Jesus. Now, if there's one thing the ancient world needed was compassion, tender mercy, it was a foreign idea. Mm -hmm. The maimed and the sickly were basically left to their own wits to survive in the ancient world. Mm -hmm. There was no provision for the aged, and they were left to die. Mm -hmm. The treatment of the weak and the simple-minded was unfeeling. <clears throat> Christ brought compassion into this world. And some people in some lands still think compassion is a weakness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. is a foreign idea that Christ brought to us. So the summary of these if statements that Paul gives that he expresses his truth to the Philippians yes they had been encouraged by their union with Christ. Yes they had experienced God's love. Yes they had enjoyed the fellowship of God's spirit and yes they had received an outpouring of mercy from God and then he says in light of this that these things are at work within you to complete what's been begun that is to be of the same mind have the same love to be in full accord and of one mind that is to live in unity and maintain the unity God has given you let's recognize this underlying principle all Christian duties flow naturally from God's kindness through Christ to us and his work it's not if this God says, do this and I will bless you. But rather, I have blessed you, now do this. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's the goal. He's blessed us. Now, follow through. Make Paul's joy complete. Mm -hmm. And by extension, make the Lord's joy complete. Mm -hmm. How have I brought joy to the heart of God? Mm -hmm. I've participated with the Spirit. I've felt and known the comfort of God's love and have extended that to others. I've been encouraged in Christ and I have received and given affection and compassion. I've brought pleasure to God's heart. Romans 15, 4-6 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another. It shows up everywhere. In accord with Jesus Christ, 
that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you, do you get the picture that this walking in a manner worthy of the gospel is not just an individual uh, action. It is our action together in the body of Christ that we do this. Together we do this. There was, uh, we're going to have a communion time now. And I, I really want to, uh, it, it just worked out well, to, to think about being encouraged in, in Christ. The comfort of His love. Fellowship with the Spirit. And knowing His affection and compassion as we go into a time of communion. And then I read this short article by a couple of guys, one by R.C. Sproul and one by another fellow, um, that I don't remember his name, about communion. And I just want to kind of read them. To, to introduce the time of communion. Luke 24, 13 through 16. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all the things which had happened. So it was, while they conversed and reasoned, that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. When the disciples walked this road to Emmaus 20-some centuries ago, Jesus concealed his identity so that they wouldn't recognize the stranger at their side. These men were not in a garden. There were no roses covered with dew, but they walked and talked with the risen Christ. What was their experience like? How were they encouraged? How were they comforted? How did they participate with the Spirit? Mm -hmm. I'm getting to that. (laughs) (laughs) When their eyes were finally opened and they recognized Jesus, he suddenly vanished and they said to one another, were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? This, my friends, is the normal expected human reaction to the immediate presence of Christ. Hearts burning within you. What would happen if you truly heard his audible voice? Our souls would explode in joy if we could walk and talk with him. We would travel the world to find a garden where he was visibly present. The truth is, is that we don't see God. We don't even see his shadow. He leaves no footprints in the sand, no fingerprints in the doorknob, no lingering aroma of aftershave in the breeze. He is invisible because he is immaterial. What we crave is a relationship with God that is both intimate and personal. Yes? What we crave is a relationship that's both intimate and personal. Of course, sin is a barrier to this, and Jesus came to break forever the power of sin. But there is another great barrier to intimacy, God's invisibility. We can't see him. Because we cannot see him, we tend to doubt his presence. But he is here and promises communion and fellowship with him. The tools he provides to overcome this barrier is the tool of prayer, and in today's case, the ordinance of communion. Prayer offers us a link to the intimate fellowship with God. Here we find what the saints call mystic sweet communion. One not need be a mystic to enjoy this sweet communion. Prayer is access to God. He hears what I say to him in prayer. 
He responds, though not audibly or with a vision of himself. When we move beyond speaking our requests or placing our petitions before him, we enter into the arena of sweet communion. Here we penetrate the invisible and delight in the glory of his presence. The Lord's Supper is the sign of Christ's presence among his people and of our unity in him. The Bible teaches us that Jesus gives himself to us in the Lord's Supper. Although physically Jesus is seated at the Father's right hand in heaven, in the Lord's Supper, the Holy Spirit communicates Jesus to us and also makes us present to his person in heaven. He's not hiding in the bread. But the Spirit is at work bringing us to him in heaven and bringing him to us by the Spirit. The Lord's Supper is dinner with Jesus. The meal that we take together with him and of him. He's, he's entering our personal private space. He's come to console us by breaking through the, the shell of, of our protection. And he's entered into our private world here. That's what he's doing. Our encouragement is in Christ, but our encouragement is Christ. Our comfort is Christ and his love for us. Our unity flows from his headship and participation with his spirit. And any and all affection and sympathy we receive is from him. Any and all affection we receive is from him. The unity of the church is found and sealed in Christ as we feed on Christ in the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper always acts upon us when we participate in it. When we receive it in faith, we gain benefit and nourishment from feeding on Jesus. However, when we harbor sin and abuse the supper, we receive judgment from God. And, and this is what Paul is saying. He's asking us to, to receive Christ and to know his presence within us. I'll read this again. Colossians 2, 1-3. For I want you all to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea. And for all who have not seen me face to face, that'd be us. That their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Everything you've ever wanted is found in Christ. Everything you've ever longed for. Every, every time you've cried out for mercy or compassion or for affection, it's Christ you're calling out for. You may not have recognized that. You may not have, have thought about it in that way, but Every good gift comes through Christ and his work on the cross to us. And in Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You know, the Bible understates things lots of times. It, it purposely <clears throat> makes things sound real simple. But when it says are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, what keeps the sun in the sky? What causes a hundred billion galaxies filled with hundred billions of stars to be in perfect motion and in harmony? What causes our heart to keep pumping for 70, 80, 90, 100 years? 
60, 70 times a minute, just bam. That's all the, the, the wisdom and the knowledge of God. And he's calling us to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel. And this morning we had this opportunity to consider what we might bring of worth to Christ. I mean, by his grace, we bring him what he's done in our heart. We bring him this vessel of honor, this vessel of worship. What's the reference on the, all the treasures? Colossians 2, 1-3. So we're going to uh, partake of this. I'm going to ask Preston to come up here and help me. And maybe it would be easier if we... Um, really full. That's good. <laughs> we were coming over this morning and, and uh, we were going to get some things on this on the way over. And Julie says, well, you know, it's always hard because we never know what kind of bread they'll have. <laughs> and I told her that, well, you know, whatever bread they have, God will make it work. <laughs> what I didn't realize is that there are about a thousand varieties of this. Juice. Pomegranate, cranberry, <laughs> cherry, all the different flavors, with and without sugar, with and without fiber, you know, purple and red. And I was, I was kind of, she had gotten the bread and she was waiting for me. I was still looking at all the different kinds of things. So, um, but you know, God, God takes long bread and flat bread and short bread and hard crusty bread and soft bread and, uh, and He makes what we need. He makes what we need mm. for the bread and the wine. And, huh? It needs breaking. But we all need to be broken. <laughs> Tell me. Yes. So, um, Every day. So as we, t- as we take this this morning, I'll, I, I just encourage you to commune with Jesus this morning. Uh, maybe you'll have your scriptures open. Maybe you'll sing a song. Maybe, maybe you'll, you'll pray. We're going to pray for Rachel and Carol and mm-hmm. Joyce and Jana. Some of these women that have adventure either behind them or ahead of them. Um, and anybody else that needs prayer. But I want us just to take this for a moment and feast on Christ. Feast on Christ. So why don't we, uh, why don't we uh, say prayer and then we'll come to each. We'll come back into it as Christ came to us. Let's pray. Father, oftentimes we describe you by what you're not. You're not mortal. You're immortal. You're not visible. You're invisible. You're not corruptible. You're incorruptible. But thank you that you showed us who you really are through Jesus. And that's who we come to dine with, to sup with, and to to be with. We just thank you for your gracious provision in Christ. We thank you that we offer up these simple things that they might be set apart and holy for this purpose. The bread to represent his body and the wine juice to represent that blood poured out completely for us. Thank you that it pleased you, Father, so much so that you raised him from the dead. In Jesus' name, amen.
Y'all don't need to hold it to wait. Let's go ahead and receive it as we come by.
Lord, you, your body was broken and your lifeblood poured out for us. Lord, we just thank you for the encouragement that we have in Christ. That he is the comfort. <coughs> that he is the medicine. Or that he is the life and the resurrection. That he is the way and the truth. That he is the door. That he is the true vine. That he is the shepherd. Lord, all of our hope is found in him. And Lord... We just, we just thank you, Father, for sustaining us over these, mm-hmm. these past months and years. Mm-hmm. And Lord, we are thankful for what you're doing among us. Mm-hmm. And Lord, how you mm-hmm. you want us to com- complete your joy by being of one mind mm-hmm. and of one accord. Lord, to stand together, to, to work side by side, Lord, for the advance of the gospel. Not only in our hearts and in the hearts of our fellowship but Lord in the hearts of the <coughs> in the hearts of the nations thank you Jesus we pray that we would commune with you we would cast all of our care upon you Lord, that we would entrust our futures with you. That we would let go of our past with you. Thank you, Father, for the unity that you give. Lord, for the foundation stones that you provided in Christ. We pray this together in Jesus' name. You know, it's Preston and I are walking through. You know, we were in the living room. And uh, I was just thinking, I was just thankful that God could come into the living room of my heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then we, we went through the what Richard had set up as a little study over there. And I was thinking, I was so thankful that Christ could come into my study. <laughs> because in Him are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And then we went by the the entryway, the front door, and I was thinking, God, come through the front door <laughs> as a guest of honor into my heart. And then we were going, you know, Carl was on the ch- on the stairs. I was like, yes, Lord, up into the, all the rooms of my, <laughs> of my heart. And then we went down this hallway, and I thought, okay, Lord, all the back hallways in my life. And then we got into the, the little nook here where, where people are fed. Yes, Lord, where I'm fed. Mm-hmm. Just may Christ come into where I'm fed. And then we went into the kitchen, and yes, Lord, where the food the, the source of the food in my in my life be the source and I was thinking how Christ when he came he came to go out among the people you know he didn't stay in the ivory tower he didn't stay in the splendor of heaven he went out among the people and I was, I was just thinking thanking Christ as, as we made our way through the house that was, if you've never done that before maybe we let all of you have that one day to take the communion through the house and just um, but we do have some that will be uh, taking off soon 
But before we pray for Carol and, um, and Rachel, uh, I just wanted us to, to thank the Lord for watching over Joyce this mm-hmm. week. Amen. And, um, many prayers offered for you already this week, my dear. I appreciate it. I know I just married Beth, got on the... She did. She got on the shout-out horn. She got on. She got on it really quick. <coughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you know. I think to me, um, we want to we want to face this opponent together with each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we, it, it's it's helpful for us to know that the opponent has raised his head again. Yeah. Um, it might not be easy to share that with people, but that's that's the way my heart responds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know that Jana is still in the hospital. Yeah. Did not get to go to the rehabilitation center. The infection and some other things. And so we need to pray. Thanking uh, quickly here for, for Joyce and for Jana. Mm-hmm. And that we'll turn our hearts to Carol and Rachel. That's right. So Lord, we, we do thank you for your provision in Joyce's life. Lord, that you were there. Yes. The Holy Spirit, that you were there. Mm-hmm. Lord, we're just thankful. Mm-hmm for the, the, the wisdom and the knowledge of everybody involved. Right. And Lord, we're just thankful for uh, your great love for Joyce. Lord, your your sympathy and your compassion towards her. Mm-hmm. And her family. Yes, Lord. And Lord, we just pray that you continue to sustain her and heal her, Lord Jesus. We pray, Father, that you would bless her life. Mm-hmm. And Lord, we lift up Janet to you. Mm-hmm. And Lord, we ask for you to intervene. We ask, Lord, for you to bring life to her. We ask you, Lord, for her to cause her kidneys to function and to, and to deal with this infection in her. Lord, we ask that you would be her physician and, Lord, that you would be the medicine that brings life. And, Lord, I, I just want to pray for Martha. I know what she shared with me this morning. I know others have been sick. Uh, and sometimes it comes quickly and goes quickly, and sometimes it lingers and it lingers. And, Lord, I know it lingered with Julie. But Lord, we just pray for your tender mercy and compassion yes. for those who are fighting illness and sickness this time. Lord, we, we, we don't look to anything else other than to you and the means that you give us to live healthy lives. And so, Father, we just pray that you continue to heal Martha and her family. We just pray that you would bless her pray that you continue to heal Julie. And I don't know who else has been going through that. Rebecca, if that's you, just raise your hand and receive the encouragement of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, heal us. Heal our physical bodies and heal our spiritual <coughs> minds and spirits, Lord. Teach us how to walk in the manner worthy of the gospel. In Jesus' name. So, uh, Carol is going to Singapore for <coughs> a month. Yay. All expenses paid. It's good to have friends. It's good to have friends. And uh, before we pray, Carol, you remember this color? And I, I do remember this color. <coughs> I do remember this color. <laughs> We thought maybe you should take this and maybe wear it. Probably will because we're having a reunion. Yeah. There you go. We're having a reunion. Yeah. 
Well, we, we just want to pray that um, that you'll be you'll be safe and that all of the uh, connections that God wants to make will be remade. And who knows what He wants to bring out of it? Other than to bless you and bless them and to bless Christ and see people come back to Him. His secret ambition. <laughs> want to be in the light. Come back to Him. Those of you who may not know, the people in, in Singapore wanted Carol to come visit. She left last she was there like 12 years ago. 12 years. She hasn't been back in 12 years. And this is what they did. They raised the money to buy her plane ticket back and forth. They arranged for all of her meals and lodging and transportation while she's there. Then she said, well, you know, while I'm there, I'm not working here. So I'll be losing my income here. I said, fine, we'll, we'll raise enough money to replenish what you would have made had wow. you stayed in work. <laughs> wow. So that's well, all expenses paid. So when she comes back, she's not one month in arrears of her She's, I mean, that's, that's good friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you're going to have friends, <laughs> why not? That's right, yes. Yeah. There you go. That's exactly right. That's God's provision. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yeah. So Julie, would you would you offer a prayer for And give him thanks for these friends. Yes. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for blessing Carol and the uh-huh. desires of her heart to to revisit those special friends and family and ministry that you worked so mightily in her life during those years. And what a blessing, Lord, for you to pour out this on her. And we just ask for your protection on her, that she had been good help, that she could enjoy every minute. Amen. And Father, that would be such a blessing that all that that's the joy that's in her would overflow as a blessing to all the people there, Lord, and that they would be in amazement of what you've done too. So, Father, I pray you speak to Carol's heart and pray you speak through her to bless and encourage the believers there. Yes, just in Jesus' name. I want to add to that, though, Bill. It wasn't just the friends in Singapore. Because friends Friends all over the world. (laughs) (laughs) Carol, I don't think I'll get over to visit you next time. (laughs) 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 If I stay longer, we Okay. (laughs) So now that Rachel has graduated from college and uh, settled in, the the, the lure of the world's as a mission field. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> has called again. The Lord has called again. So tell us you're going to be doing photography studies. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going back to YWAM also um, to do their photogenics around the world track. So it's actually also a degree program. So I'll be getting a communications degree. Wow. Um, media advocacy, they're calling it. So you're going how to influence people mm-hmm. through media. It's a very strong focus on social justice. Um, so we'll be spending six weeks at a time in different cities around the world, um, alternating between a course time and like smaller personal projects and working with nonprofits and providing them with different media. So photography is the main focus. Of course, it's photogenic, but we'll also be doing some video and 
consider um, revolutionizing and, and uh, influencing the video game industry. Yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're making it too realistic about <coughs> destruction of life. <laughs> That's a, first, that's a just a private rant going on. But yeah. So can we pray for you? Yeah. And you leave in 49 hours? 36 hours? Yeah, I told Matthew last night that he graduates from college in 19 weeks. He said, what? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe Rachel could stand up there and hold our college. Yeah, between the college crew, or, or you're just out of college. Just out of college. You'd like college. to pray. I'm recording this. Oh, I like it. <laughs> and where's Elizabeth too? Is one of the the original ori- Jessica and Elizabeth is some of the original Crossway folks. Oh, being drafted. Yeah, we're going to pray very well up there. So I'm like. To uh, make a donation towards your trip, then you can see Preston. Thank you so much for Rachel and just her love of, of, of traveling and just seeing different um, people and places that, that you have created and seeing more of you guys. And I pray that as as she went once again use the world from Muhammad at the camera lens, um, just that you would just begin to um, just um, just uh, focus your camera on anything that's of, of you and that really needs to be shown um, wherever wherever the video is is played, God. Mm-hmm. Um, that whatever uh, just people don't know about that is is there needs help, God. That uh, we would be able to to see that and um, just help uh, people in, in the world that you we don't we don't know about, God. Um, I pray that you would continue to to grow her her skills so that she can use them, God, to the best of her ability, God, to, to honor you and 
So whatever she does, mm-hmm. there would just be different times where her to go through that um, would just be a, a um, strengthening and just a, a growing and new time God. But you would just be with her at different times. So being in your new presence and learning more about you and the people that you place in her life. And I just pray that you would give Rachel a real sense of purpose as she goes. She would know your purposes for her life <coughs> and for her future. Mm-hmm. Pray that she would trust you with her future and whatever it may hold. Yes, that she would um, give over all of the control that she hopes to have. <laughs> give it to you, God. Mm-hmm. Um, because you are, you are, have her best interests in mind. I pray that through this trip, through all of her travels, that Rachel would worship you more with mm-hmm. all of her her physical strength, with the emotions of her heart, mm-hmm. with the thoughts of her mind, and with, with her spirit, God. That, mm-hmm. that each of those aspects of her life would be tuned to you. And God, that she would be an example to, to those that she is traveling with and those that she meets along the way. She would be an example of you, and people would would long to have you in their lives the way that they do Mm -hmm. Lord, I pray for her protection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You would protect her everywhere she goes, in every capacity, Mm -hmm. Lord. But I also pray for protection for her camera and her Mm -hmm. equipment, Lord. Mm -hmm. That you will protect her from being Mm -hmm. stolen or lost or damaged. Or whatever, Lord, in every way. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Lord, you would have her think about those things, or when she was out in somewhat dangerous places, the, how she can keep up with the stuff that she has. Lord, I want to just pray for Rachel. Lord, each one of us has only one life to live. Mm-hmm. And Father, how we live it um, is very important. Lord, I just want to thank you for Rachel's life. Mm -hmm. And I thank you, Lord, for her obedience to you, to follow you in this new new adventure, Father. I pray that everywhere, as Rebecca prayed, I pray everywhere she looks through the lens of her camera, that she will see people through your eyes. Mm -hmm. Lord, that as the camera zooms in and out, Lord, that the... You would give Rachel a greater anointing and ability to see people through the eyes of Jesus. Mm-hmm. To see beyond the exterior. Yes. To see the heart need. To see the brokenness. Mm-hmm. To see the spiritual condition. Yes. And Lord, that you would give her a, a renewed and stronger heart for the lost. Mm-hmm. A heart for the broken. And Lord, that you will be doing things in her life that will lay the foundation for the call upon her life, Jesus. I pray that this uh, this period of time as she goes on Tuesday, Lord, that you will use it in a very deep way to, uh, to strengthen the foundation and to make her steps clear in front of her, Lord. Uh, Lord, I, I just thank you. I think of... Um, I think of Caleb, who's out doing the same mm-hmm. thing. And, mm-hmm. Lord, that you can't do something like this and, and be the same again. Mm-hmm. So, Lord, whatever it is you have for my dear young sister, 
uh, Rachel. I pray that it will be manifest and established in her life, Lord. And I, I ask you for that in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, I pray that you would connect Rachel with the, with the people that have the stories that you want to share. Amen. Mm -hmm. reason since the day we heard about you we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding and we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way bearing fruit in every good work growing in the knowledge of God being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience and joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints of the kingdom of life. And Lord, I want to pray also. I, I just pray for the vision that you have in mind for this, this step of preparation that Rachel's mm -hmm. taking. Lord, there are injustices that you want to reveal. Yes. Lord, there are uh, stories that you want to share with people that would encourage, that would challenge, that would break their hearts. And Lord, um, we we'll just pray that. I'm um, just thinking about how when the prophet went to, to David and was telling the story about the man, the poor man with the sheep, and, and as David heard the story, he. His emotions were arrived, uh, aroused, and Lord, his thoughts began to, and he wanted to, he wanted to condemn that action. And then the the storyteller, I guess it was Nathan, Lord said, it, "You're the man," and it pierced his heart. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm asking, Lord, is that Rachel and the, and her her comrades, Lord, in this adventure, 
would be used by you to pierce the hearts of those who see what they've done. Lord, that the story of Christ would be told. And Lord, that Christ would be glorified. Lord, let us not lose sight that, that this is a step of preparation and of doing just like every step we take in the rest of our lives. And Lord, someday when you know when we consider the four missionary journeys of Paul, we'll consider the missionary journeys of Rachel. Yes. Um, and we just thank you, Father, for all that you're going to bring about. Lord, may opponents uh, be frightened away by Rachel and her, her the, the fellowship of, of of believers with her, how, how they stand firm together. Lord, may there be unity there. Lord, may there be encouragement in Christ. Lord, may there be comfort of your love there. Lord, may there be fellowship and participation with the Spirit there and affection and compassion. Not only among their team, but Lord, everywhere they go, we just ask for a fragrance of Christ to be here. Lord, I pray your blessing upon their family and Rachel and Paul and Robin and Carl and Richard and mm-hmm. everyone else. Mm-hmm. We stand with you, Rachel. Mm-hmm. And Lord, all those in the body of Christ that love Rachel in this area, back at school or in the summit or wherever else uh, that Rachel knows, we just pray that, that we may stand with Rachel as she endeavors. Mm-hmm. On this new, uh, this new journey. Thank you, Father. Lord, for this and all the other many needs and opportunities before us, we ask for your strength and your wisdom. We ask that your spirit would guide us into all things that are Christ. We pray this in Jesus' name.